And thank you for tuning in to Purpose We Plan Podcast, Queen to Queen Edition. I love thinking about that, just Queen to Queen Edition. And tonight I am so excited. I actually get to host or co-host with my husband, Carl Liggins. I am so excited. And we are even more excited to have our special guest on. And our guest today is Marcus Boyd. He's going to share his own personal experiences as it relates to autism and give us some encouragement as it relates to parents and just those who need a little extra push who have children or have children with disabilities on autism spectrum. Um, It's always good to hear these stories of real people experiencing authentic things. But I want to just jump in um, with Marcus telling us a little bit about himself and a little about your diagnosal, but just more about you. How, um, How did you learn about your initial experiences with autism? Sacrifice their time. How to sacrifice their time, their relationships, their friends, their going out, their activities. Um, you know, because I got diagnosed April 12, 1993, by Dr. King Clifton Springs Mental Health Center in Decatur, Georgia. So um, that was one doctor. So we got uh, like 10 more in two different states from New York to Georgia. So, you know, basically saying the same thing that he has. You know, classic and severe autism. We don't, at that time in 93, we didn't really know what that was. You, you understand what I'm saying? So I come from the Bible Belt, so which means that <laughs> either it's a belt or um, some type of prayer, prayer and a belt. Um, so, Amen. <laughs> so, um, you know, that's where I come from. So, you know, my grandmother, she got, she had 24 kids. My, my mom had 22. So, you know, when you, dealing with like 40 something kids in a one bedroom, one bath, um, <laughs> it gets real. Yes, it <laughs> I can only imagine, you talking about your grandmom and your mom, I'm just, yeah. Well, no, no, I'm talking about my grandmother. I don't want to confuse the two. Oh, um, right, right. Uh, unfortunately, Tina, Tina didn't raise me. Um, um, I guess, you know, the autism and her being with Big Tommy, which is my biological father, um, you know, I guess, you know, he comes from the working class environment, so he wanted his sons to be in sports and stuff of that nature. So when you have a son that's having emotional problems, using the bathroom on himself in public, you know, having tender tantrums in public and, you know, slobbing on himself and stuff and not catching or playing like a normal, you know, little boy or, whatever have you, you know what I'm saying? So you got 11 sons. So one of the 11 is, is having these, you know, um, situations going on. So that's that's embarrassing for you. So you don't really know how to deal with it. You blame Tina for cheating or sleeping around with somebody that could be the same way because his other sons, is not like that. And like I said, it's, it takes a special people. God chooses the people who have a, around people with autism, 
And it's no way that just, a, just an, I would say just know anybody can work there. But you talk about the, it, it takes a queen. It takes a queen to already be a part of a king's life. Here's my king now, he's in here. I sure, my camera, my camera's doing something weird tonight, but that's okay. Well, again, I, I tell <laughs> autism parents, especially when it's two of them in the home, they're my superheroes. Um, you know, they're my inspiration and you and your husband you know, fall in that category because at the end of the day, charity starts at home. So it's, it's, it's really beyond a diagnosis. It's how you treat your soon-to-be prince or your soon-to-be princess, how, what you instill in them as they are young will yes. help them propel them to their future. Um, you know, unfortunately, I went through some crazy stuff, but I thank God for what I went through and I thank God for the queens, my nine sisters that was in my life. You know, they didn't go on dates. If they did go on dates, it was Marcus is coming. You know, even with the boyfriends or the little guys that was interested in them and stuff like that, I know they got tired of seeing me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, listen, I mean, I get it. I mean, you know, but I didn't, when I started talking, I was 13, 13 and a half. I was speaking at a two-year-old's level. I didn't start talking like this until I was almost 18. See, I'm about to be 40 in January. You understand what I'm saying? So, <laughs> so I mean, it's it, it didn't come easy. You know, I mean, my grandmother, when, when those doctors was like, the left side of his brain will never function correctly. He's basically a vegetable. He's brain dead. He won't have a normal life. No education. No, you know, no feeding himself. No clothing himself. He won't be able to do nothing he will need a caregiver for the rest of his life so i mean without a caregiver and with god as my caregiver i have a bachelor's degree it, i mean you know i've been a, i've been on my own since i was 16. i have 13 music awards i have major nominations i'm the first african-american male in history to have four autism activist awards so so i mean Whatever those 11 doctors seen or whatever, God didn't see it. And that's a blessing that it's, it's always good to hear, you know, what doctors have to say, but it's always even better when we can prove them wrong. <laughs> and I, I'm not, and I know the medical profession is, is very valuable, especially, you know, during this COVID time, we have really needed them and I, I respect them highly, but who I always respect more highly is God, because God has the final say and the final word over every situation. And knowing that you just said that, it just gives me so much joy, just thinking about my own son, thinking about other women that are in this group there, you know, just everyone thinking about their, their particularly their, their sons, because especially when you think about a mother or grandmother or caregiving woman that is taking care of a child on the spectrum just in general um it, it's a big it, it's a big journey and somebody would say it's a burden but to me it's a blessing i call you know what some people call it a burden i call it my blessing because well, I'm, I'm not gonna lie okay because I, I will be remiss if i'm off here lying you understand what i'm saying so <laughs> on my grandmother's behalf because she was five feet five foot one with 24 kids right. you understand what i'm saying so this is you already raised your 24. Then my, then, then my mom just said, look, okay, I'm going out, you know, I'm going out to park the car. I still ain't seen my mom in 30 some years. I don't know where she went to park that car in. But anyway, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so when she just left her 22 kids on my grandma and she wasn't working, she was retired, 
Because she already done raised her 24 kids. What's she supposed to do? She got back on them stockings and them and them and them shoes, and she hustled for those 22 kids to make sure we eat. And that's how I mean. It's why I say it takes somebody special. It takes somebody almost as an engineer. I, I, my first lady is on here right now. We always talk about a Proverbs 31 woman, a woman that can, mm. I, she's just not in the game. Woman of virtue. Mm. Yes, you know, you know. That's why you my brother. But I get excited about the word. Like this ministry is how I feel about, how I feel about ministry and God is how you feel about rapping. <laughs> but I'm a gospel rapper. Hello, hello. It all has to be right. But that Proverbs 31 woman is that queen in that journey and just how we, right. She just said, I received a degree from God every day of Thanksgiving. I know you're right. But but that Proverbs 31 woman is, is the woman that takes care. And she, she breaks that provision for her household. And when you talked about your granny, especially your sisters, because I've heard you talk about your sisters in other interviews too, and particularly just how they were, you know, if something, if anything came against you, they were there to protect you. And you need that protection. And those those are the queens that I'm thinking about. When I think about a queen and just how they, you know, how you can go further, how a queen can push a, a young child out of boy into that manhood. But yeah, I mean, you know, but I, I had brothers, I got 10 of them, but they was not, <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't want me around. They didn't really do nothing. I, I was not allowed to hang with them. My sisters took me to the movies, skating out to eat everything else. My, uh, when I was getting bullied and stuffed in lockers and my dollar 50 cent, I'm showing my age, when my dollar 50 cent <laughs> got taken from my school lunch, because at the time I didn't get free lunch. So I had to pay a dollar 50 cent for that strawberry shortcake. So <laughs> at, the end, at the end of the day, my sister, Big Patty, she popped six, seven, six, eight. So my elementary school, those kids knew that if you touch Marcus, Big Patty is coming. She used to Hello? come from her high school. I was in elementary school. She used to come from her high school oh, and stuff bullies in lockers because they stuffed me in lockers. I love it. I love it. And you, and that's, I feel like that is the kind of woman that propels like that. I love it. I love this story. Oh, and I, I don't want it because I can stay here all day on, on things and just, I can. You see how excited I get. I'm just, I'm trying not to flap. I'm up here just like, ah, let me sit down. Let me settle down. But uh, I do want you to talk about your journey and especially um, homeless and homeless. Um, I became homeless in 2001. I was in DC. It was a new program for kids they was building called Covenant House. So I was I was working on Kennebec Street at my uncle's catering company, Levi's. He's been there 30 some years. Levi Catering been there like 30 some years. So I was working there as a busboy. I call myself being grown. I don't want to bust dishes for seven dollars and twenty five cents an hour. So since I feel like I'm grown, he said, you survive on your own. Didn't know that DC was real, okay? <laughs> Didn't know that DC was kind of real. So um, so I ended up in Berry Farms on O Street, U Street and stuff like that. And I'm out there by myself with no money, homeless. Probably smell like urine. Um, <laughs> Don't have a pot to piss in, literally. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> so, so um, to make a long story short, I was homeless for three and a half years in about seven, eight different states. Because at that time, Greyhound was doing the family reunification program. I'm probably the reason why they don't do it no more. I, I, I probably am. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm being honest. I probably am the reason why Greyhound don't have that program. <laughs> but because they'll let you go to another state as long as somebody pays right. for you, they give you a free ticket. So I went to like seven, eight on. <laughs> I mean, but I was a kid. I didn't, you know, I was just trying to do anything I could. So books, selling books and magazines door to door, that was another job. I was in LA selling books and magazines door to door for 40% commission. I had to pay for my hotel, do my laundry and food on 40% commission. That's when we was jumping out the white vans. Wow. So from there, how did you get to, how did you propel yourself from the, the homeless? Cause I, I work with the homeless community right now and it's so easily, it can be, I've seen people get stuck there. Like it's so easy cause it, you, you know, and sometimes I don't like to say this, but sometimes the system is set up for a black man for them not to kind of get out of it. So for you, how did you get out of it? Well, you gotta understand too, you know, I was homeless in Atlanta, New York, Peace, New York, LA, uh, Virginia, <laughs> doggone Ohio. I mean, I could just name them. Eating out of trash cans, sleeping on cement, sleeping in the shelter for men with the guy who was urinating right next to my luggage. And at that time, I had a girlfriend that was homeless. So that was on top of that. We had to put our luggage in trees. <laughs> no social, no no, no ID. Privacy, no nothing. How am I gonna get a job? I don't got no identification. I'm an alien. <laughs> so, so by the grace of God, I ended up going back to Atlanta again. I was sleeping in this boarding house. A friend of mine who's also homeless told me that this church was feeding every 10 minutes. They don't care if they see your face all day. They'll give you a bag every 10 minutes. Cool, let's go. Let's collect all the bags we can so we can come back to this boarding house and have some food. Amen. So I'm thinking, I'm about to go get me a bag. And this lady was like, I can't give you a bag. Excuse me? <laughs> Listen, I've been, I've been waiting in this line for a minute. I kind of want, want my brown bag. She was like, no, I need you to come here. God put it on my heart to really sow into your life. Okay, sow the bag. Sow the bag. Sow the bag. Yeah, God told me to tell you. Told the bag. <laughs> so um, she was like, no, um, I don't know you, but I know you're dealing with a really, really bad homeless situation. She was like, you won't be homeless no more. So then I didn't know that the lady was the sister of the, of um, God rest his soul. She was the sister of Eddie Long's wife. So I met Eddie Long when I was 15, 16. And he said, I have the, the prophecy of David over my life. That was when he was on Snapfinger. I ran from his church so fast, you would have thought it. <laughs> I'm telling you, I did, I did. So the lady ended up catching me before I got to the last door. Cause that, I don't know if you know about new birth. When they was on Snapfinger, that church was huge. Before they got it locked on you. You understand what I'm saying? 
<laughs> so hey. he called me and she said, you ain't going to run from God. She said, I know I don't know you, young man, but you're going to stay with me. It was either stay with her or streets. Stay with her, streets. So I got to be there. Like, to this day, you know, uh, Miss Rachel, that's family. That's like my third mother. You understand what I'm saying? So that's a blessing. And it's, it's, and it's so funny because it's, it's that think about if she wasn't obedient to that. Think about if she just would say, oh, like, God, I hear you saying, I'm not going to do that for that young man. I don't know him like that. You know, and, and it's always just that one person. And I can imagine, even for you, like you, the stories that you've gone through, how you have to be obedient even now to God's will and blessing somebody else so they can have a come up. Just, just that one thing, just that one moment can change somebody else's life. So I, yeah, that just, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to hold my, you see, I'm holding myself. Like I'm so excited about this story because it's not just a regular story is it's something that's is touching my heart because even you know even it's something that you said in Facebook you know that got me thinking about you know even having this whole thing started when you said you have a different perspective of autism and just because you've gone through it you know you, you know that this is not just something that God just said you know it's a burden it's, it's something that oh I'm just gonna place on you you have a, a different perspective of it um, and just because I know some people that have it, they say, oh, I, I wish I never had this. I wish it, you know, I wish it, it would go away. And, and even hearing some parents say, I wish I could take the autism from my child. And I'm just thinking God gave well, well, reason. If, if the parents got to look at it like this. Nobody took your anger problem away from you. Nobody took your bipolar mm -hmm. away from you. Nobody took your learning disability away from you. Just because you was able to graduate out of high school on the fifth year, that don't mean that there's something <laughs> wrong with your child. And you're right. And you have to look at it like that. If, if no one took it from you, everything that you are, even right now, I think about myself, a black woman. God didn't take the black off of me. He didn't take anything else off of me. Why would he take the autism? Why would he take anything else off of my child? Why would he take anything else out? He made us specifically this way for a reason. It's a purpose. Now, and that's the whole point of my, my group, purpose we play in life. It's not one is life. It's God's purpose we play in life. It's God's purpose we play in life for what he wants you to do. <laughs> now, you got to think about this too. And, I, and, and I'm going to say a little bit, but I'm going to bring it back to your point. Um, if Big Tommy would have known that, you know, I would have been a successful music producer, have my own clothing and shoe line and everything else that God has blessed me to have, he would have never pistol with me when I was four. He would have never peed on me when I was five. He would have never neglected me. He would never push me away when I was trying to hug him because I was slobbing on myself. You understand what I'm saying? He never would have broke my ribs. You understand what I'm saying? See, we can never see the future. We only can see the now. So if the now is messed up, we thinking the future gonna be messed up. You're right. And, and thinking about just how, you know, I can only imagine where, is your father still alive by any chance? Is he still? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I was J-paying him and stuff like that because he got like nine life sentences plus 20 years and stuff like that in the state of Georgia. So, I mean, you know, karma is kind of real. But, I mean, I was J-paying him some money once a month 
But then my PR, booking agent, and all them people got in my ear and basically said, this man is still threatening you via email. And you still sending him $200 a month faithfully. So, I mean, I kind of stopped that. You know, you know, your heart has to do with your heart and your, you know, whatever. But, right, probably cutting off some of that has probably been beneficial for you as well. I can only imagine the journey that you experienced, even with that. Like, that is, that, you have so many testimonies, Marcus. It is ridiculous. I'll leave you on. Listen, the book. book. That's my thing for you. What did you write in the book? The book is coming, okay? Okay. The experience is coming. The boy's voice is coming. Little plug. It's gone. Because it, it needs to be out there, and especially for young men. Men go through so much, and they're afraid to tell those things. Like, right now, you 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 let us know about what your father did to you and how he tried to, you know, put you down. And, put, and, and I just think about that. Like you just said, for parents, if they're not in tune to what their child can be, you know, I don't look at Daniel and say what he can't be, even though the doctors gave me that sentence for him, you know, when he was two or three years old. And they said, well, this is what these are going to be his limitations. And this is going to be this. And this, this. And I listened and I listened. I wrote everything down and said this, mm-hmm. not and everything they wrote down. I said, God, this is what I want. This is what I know he can be. What you tell me they can't be, this is what I know he can be. You show me everything that you, that you want him to be. Not what I want, not what I need to want him to be, but what you want him to be. And the same with my husband, I believe, you know, we, we prayed, we prayed over Daniel, we still do, but I can't even imagine being in a mindset to look at him and see something, anything but great. But you know, that's why I commend, I take my head off to you and your husband, because y'all are God-driven, faithful Christians, and y'all are God-driven parents. I wish, you know, Big Tommy and Tina could take some real Christian advice from people like y'all. Because like, you know, when I was out, see, when Big Tommy did this, I was outside. The neighbors had to come and fight him off of me because he kept pulling the gun and the gun kept jamming. I was four. And he said that he don't want no M child, no M word. He said he can't deal with the R word child. I'm, I'm, I'm nothing to him, I'm disgraced. And he kept trying to pull the trigger to my forehead, but the gun kept jamming, kept clicking. You see what I'm saying? I was four. Next year, I'll be 40. But God had a purpose for you. That's the whole thing. Even though they looked at you and they saw something that was worthless, he looked at you. God looked at you and said, he is a man that's going to be worthwhile. So I am, you know, your your journey to where you have gotten to here is is the, you know, it's the blessing part. And my son is named Daniel. His middle name, Malachi Shut Daniel up. Yeah, yeah. Malachi Daniel Boy, that's my son. He's six going on 70. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's that's Daniel. Eight going on eight, seven going on 70. Listen, this boy got his own YouTube channel. He be trying to get people to give him hearts because he went to McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, I can definitely see that. There, this generation now is a whole different generation. It is talking about that. We can actually even talk about like what's funny things are your, your children doing in this Ooh. season. Sorry. Things are your children doing in this season? Like what, what is cracking you up the most with them? Well, my daughter asks 15 million questions. She, Jessica wants to be a veterinarian. She loves animals and stuff. So every morning and every night and every every time she comes from school is, is what you do today? Nothing was working. Oh, what type of work you do? When did you do it? What time did you eat lunch? Did you have five minutes for lunch? I'm, <laughs> I, I mean, 
I love her. But I'm telling you, she needs to be a lawyer, okay? Yeah, the, I used to be a school teacher, so the questions can be real. Daniel is nonverbal for some parts, but everybody jokes with me. Even though he's nonverbal, we still argue. We have live conversations. <laughs> listen, listen, please, parents of any child is nonverbal. Do not think that your child cannot speak or communicate, because they can. They may not be able to do it verbally, but they yeah. still able to communicate. But I had plenty of arguments <laughs> with my grandmother and I was nonverbal. <laughs> oh, and I'm sure you drove her up a wall because he drives me up a wall because he's so much like me that me and him will argue over just the smallest things. Carl, on the other hand, they don't argue like me. <laughs> but me and him argue all the time. But him, uh, we just learned actually during COVID that he's able to speak full sentences. So where I think this is a testimony for me in life, where we are looking and, you know, and we, you know, we're so small minded sometimes. We're looking for words, we're looking for particular words. God has sentences for us. Amen. What Daniel was doing, he was giving us full sentences. So now I don't look for him just to give me a little word. I look for the sentence and the joy and what he's getting ready to say. So now I don't miss it so much because he's, he's giving me full sentences during COVID. When he's ready to talk, because he's a Taurus, he's born in, in April. <laughs> so when he's ready, he'll give you some words. I'm all done. Leave me alone. Listen, listen, I'm... I if it's not an interview or whatever, my family would tell you I don't really talk much. If it ain't any, if it ain't music or a video game, that's it. I mean, but my words when I do speak is leave me alone, stop. <laughs> like, I'm telling you, like, I don't blame you at all. This sounds like me. Uh, I, I do have a question. I'm just going back to like I like to go back and forth because I tell you I'm on the spectrum, so I go back and forth when I say on the spectrum. But what would you tell your 20 year old self? Like, what kind of things would you look back and say, uh, my 20 year old self? Woo. Okay, let's start with this. Um, if you ever get to work with Lil Wayne, don't blow all your 30,000 in a strip club. Number two, um, um, make sure you have stability. Um, stop staying with your supposed to be friends. Mm. Stop paying people's rent. <laughs> um, <laughs> Invest. Ooh. You spoke to the whole black community on, on all of those. <laughs> Especially when you said invest. Yes, that's something that I am learning how to do now. Now is investing because it's it's so much that we can if we pour in, you know, to where things need to go like in, in different community settings and nonprofits, you were you're gonna receive it not just in your heart, but you receive it in different ways like people are so afraid to let that one dollar go girl let that dollar go you putting that dollar in, in chick-fil-a you putting a dollar everywhere else you really want to put the dollar in church put that dollar on in the, in the show Listen, i mean I'm, I'm i am a chick-fil-a lemonade um superhead so i i mean <laughs> i mean i get it i mean i i do but I, I, I do agree that investing in where you put it, where you put your money is, is going to be where you're going to get a reflection of you, where your investments will come from. But yeah, that 20 year old self, that, that is, that's big for me. 
Is God telling you anything else in this season? After 2020, I think God has been leading us out in a different direction. What was he speaking to you specifically in this new season of your life? What, what kind of journey? Um, basically to create without limitations. So that means that um, some people may like it, some people may not. I can't cater to everybody. Um, so with that being said, I just introduced a new idea, which I'm, me and my team are working on for next year. It's the first ever Autism Music Fest, where we bring in every different community together for three days. It's like Woodstock for special needs. It's, you understand what I'm saying? It's activities for adults, activities for kids, activities for teenagers, it's performances, it's speeches, it's food, it's vendors, it's- Wow. You understand what I'm saying? It's sensory safe. It's, you understand know what I'm saying? So we're gonna revolutionize and bring the first ever special needs three-day music festival to your door. And we're doing live streaming. So for those who can't be there, um, <laughs> it's, it's at the end of the day, it's not just coming out with a coloring book or autobiography book. It's not just making um, a TV series about my life with autism. It's transforming the way people see and embrace autism. It can be cool. It can be stylish. It can be reverable. It can be everything else. It's not just a diagnosis. It's how you carry your diagnosis. Right. I love that. Now I just said somebody say, love that create without limitation. But I'm just like, when you told me you're going to have a sensory safe zone, because so many people want to have autism events and forget about the sensory people. And then you said you're going to bring it to your door. Even if you can't get there, you can still be there. That makes me know that you are someone with lived in experiences and understands that always oh, so many times that, you know, as, as a mom on a parent of autism right now, I have my son, someone that's with him, caregiver. We have to constantly have someone with Daniel 24 seven. And it's not that I don't want to be somewhere or do something like everybody else. I literally have to be caregiving all the time, almost 24 seven. But well, I'm almost 40 and my girlfriend will tell you the same thing. If she ain't really helping me, my PR, my team and stuff like that, it's my seven-year-old daughter. I'm trying to tell you, it's you okay? You need some water? Can I'm gonna grab your arm to make sure you get here. Okay? Seven. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> I'm still going through the same stuff at almost 40. And you, I mean, but it's, it's a humbling experience. It definitely it shows you, you know, how God may lift you up here, but he definitely shows you, okay, I still need to be here and be equal and be whole. That way that someone can grab my hand. I can need this. I can need this. This is my better half. And he knows, I, I always joke. I'm like, oh, I, I better have, I mean, he ain't really saying much. <laughs> He's been quiet. He ain't really saying a lot. How you doing better half? <laughs> but yeah, yeah. This is my kite to the, my stream to my kite. You always talk about streams and kites. Cause I'm okay. A reading rainbow. Okay. <laughs> okay. Reading rainbow. Okay. <laughs> almost made me going into the the theme song. Okay. Butterflies in the sky. You can go twice inside. You took a look. You read his book. It's reading rainbow. Okay. Cool. But right. But if it wasn't for him holding me sometimes, because I get all, I mean, my, I get into ideas and different things. And he's like, baby, we got to pray about this, babe. We got to do this first. 
realistically, we have to look at it like this. I know you're looking at it in this way, and I appreciate it. Now I'm with it, and I support you. But let's let's pray about it first. Let's let's come here first. So this is you have that's that, that's that autism power you got. I'm telling you, my girlfriend be doing the same thing. She be like, look. Maybe we might want to talk to God about this before you just post this on Facebook. <laughs> no, I no, yes. We definitely, definitely have something different. But we, but that's the blessed part, the connection that makes, you know, things whole. Cause it's it's that looking at things in that third eye and making sure that you can just move about in such a way that no one else can, but it takes the, the third eye and the prayer <laughs> that puts everything together. <laughs> a lot of, a lot of, a lot of if, if two or three hands are joined together, I'm in the yeah. next moment, okay? <laughs> but, oh, I'm sorry. I am kind of just talking no, no, so You, you talked about um, until recently, paying uh, I guess dues to your to your dad while he's in prison mm -hmm. can you explain how you got to him doing what he did to you to you putting money on his books in prison because even though you stopped and and I and I also think that there's not that's not necessarily wrong because you can forgive somebody but still not allow them to be in your space to take energy from you because some people confuse the one thing that always bothers me is that people have this impression of somebody being nice as being a doormat. That as soon as you set up boundaries, then you're no longer the nice person. It's like, no, I'm still nice. I just know that, and I forgive you, but I just know that you don't need me any good and the energy that I need, I, I need to keep for myself the energy and the love that I have and the love that I used to give to you I need to still give to other people. And I know that if I allow you to come back in, I can't do that. Um, so I want to know how you got to, how your father treated you to how you were blessing him. Like how, because I know that wasn't just a thing of, oh, I'm just going to give him this. It's like, what? explain the journey, because that is, that is some humbling stuff. We have people that we, some people hold on to grudges with people who have done a lot less. It's like you used to always steal the candy out of my bag on Halloween, so I'm never talking to you again. <laughs> like you knew I like that Nancy Crunch bar. You knew it's always the big Nancy Crunch that you took from me, and I can't believe that you would disrespect me like that. And we we will we will hold grudges against people for for far less. So how is it that you were able to, you know, to to, to push back whatever anger or frustration to doing what you did? Um. I remember going to um, at this at this time I was going to um, Eddie Long's church in um, Latonia, you know, because I've been you know again I've been knowing him since he was a deacon when Bishop Earl Polk from Cathedral of Holy Spirit on Flashos Parkway ordained him. You understand what I'm saying? So we go back, we go back. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So um, he was basically saying that if we say that we love. God, then we have to love our brothers. We have to be able to forgive. You can never forget, but you have to be able to forgive. So, and I want, I wanted blessings in my life. So I tried it to do the biblical way. I tried to say, okay, well, this man has patriotic cancer stage four. He done lost all 32 of his teeth, bald headed. 
He's in the medical ward. Um, they moved him from the medical ward to the basically the same type of crime that he did as other men that that's in the same category as him. So um, he's already going through his punishment daily. If that's you know appropriate for me to say on this interview, he's already going through his punishment daily in there. You understand what I'm saying? So yeah. um, I don't really have I didn't really have grudges against him because if it wasn't for me going through those valleys, I wouldn't been at the journey that I am today. See, God placed me on those journeys and those valleys for a reason. So when I say that I had a testimony, I can't say that I I went through. A, a test when I didn't go to one. You understand what I'm saying? And I was married to my trials and tribulations. So that money comes in, you know, like matrimony. You understand what I'm saying? So I already been through my testimony. You see what I'm saying? So that's why I just forgave him. And yeah, for years, um, he got sentenced in 2010. I stopped probably about 10, 11 months ago. Okay. So okay. that's how long. I was putting two hundred dollars a month on his books. Okay, that's enough for like some noodles, a little pack Kool Aid, something like that. You know what I'm saying? You know, it's enough. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You get some stamps. <laughs> but but that but that's a lot for for us on the outside. That's two hundred dollars you could have been putting towards anything else. And so that's still a you know I commend you on that because like I said, it's that's that's a hard thing to forgive somebody and you're right you know I, and I love what you said earlier that we we do have this thing because you because you see a lot of people do it now of my life is hard right now so it's going to always be hard you know not thinking about and you know there's one thing I you know whenever every once in a while when God put it in my heart I'll pray about it when we're you know dirty eat about how many times Count, can you count the times to where some came up? It's the worst thing in the world. I don't know how we're gonna get through this. I don't know what's gonna happen. A year later, you're praying about something else because this thing is the hardest thing ever. And it's the thing that you, you know, you don't know where you're gonna go from. And you end up forgetting about all the times that the worst thing in the world happened to you and God brought you through it and how we forget and how we don't sometimes appreciate truly how much he has brought us through. And so that the the moment that you're in right now does not determine the rest of your life. And that just because something is hard right now does not mean that it's gonna be hard in the future. And a lot of times there are lessons to be learned. Um, like I just, I, I had to shake my head at something you said earlier because I had just saw where I was getting everything ready uh, and I shared it with you on Instagram. Uh, a, somebody talking about that when God tells you no, it allows you to get a different perspective. It allows you to understand him in a different dimension than if you always got yes. Like if your life was always good, as you said, if your life was perfect you may not be the man that you are today you may not be the man who has inspired people who have helped other people in the spectrum to, to, to inspire other people to inspire parents to inspire children to be like hey he can do it I, I can get there too and that that those no's those valleys those different things 
help build our character if we would only take the lesson with us with us when we go through them. You know, um, uh, somebody else said, "Don't let that pain be for nothing." Right. You took that. You took all that pain that you went through, all, everything that you learned, and it made you into the man that you are. You know today. So that that is something to be taken away to be commended because a lot of times we don't we don't learn those lessons when we should have when they're readily available. Well, you know, I'm not perfect. I still make mistakes. And the only person that's perfect is Jesus and God. So I still make mistakes. I'm still learning. I'm still a student. I still got to, you know, be humble and humble and apologize when I do wrong and stuff of that nature. But I didn't heard no so much. It's like a <laughs> 1930s course. I mean, I mean, for it, <laughs> for it. I didn't heard no from professionals, non-professionals, industry people, non-industry people, regular people, my family. I mean, nobody's going to believe in what you do until what you do is already there not into the process they're not going to believe the process they just going to be like oh you wasting your time you need to do something else not bringing enough money in or whatever whatever but god didn't tell me to do something else god told me to build this ark so whether you bring you here to preach <laughs> So whether you want to get in it or not, I'm going to still finish building this ark because God got a plan and a purpose for it. I did not bring you here to preach. That was powerful, man. You know how powerful that was right there? I was just... No, no preaching. No preaching. You're preaching. You are preaching. I, I just spoke with someone the other day and uh, <laughs> I was saying that, well, because God has something for both of He's been speaking to both of me and this individual. And I was just saying, we're in a time me and her are trying to do something together. We're in a time where we're building boats where people ain't even seen water yet. We're building a boat, but they ain't even seen the water. <laughs> so yeah, they're gonna keep telling us no. Yeah, they're gonna keep saying that that doesn't. We don't. We don't see the sense in that. That doesn't make sense because you don't even see. You don't. You don't even know what the water is gonna feel like. We're building a boat for your for, for a flood. You don't even have the water yet. <laughs> But, you know, people people will say no. And the biggest thing is for you to continue in the mindset that God has for you, regardless of what people say, it's important to continue to move and push past and, and just know for yourself what words that you're going to keep speaking over yourself. Um, Proverbs 18 and 21, because death and life are in the, in the power of your tongue. Everything that you're saying over yourself, everything that you're speaking over yourself, you have to be able to say something positive. And I think about with children, you have to continue to say something positive to your child. Like, I can, I will, we will do this. You know, we, we can make this happen. And even, you know, speaking over those things, I don't want to, I just realized what time we get into, I don't want to hold you too much longer either. But, you know, I, I, I had to say something on that because that was so powerful. What you say over yourself, because people are, can always say something negative. They're always going to bring something negative, regardless of what you do, you know, how good you are. I think about, you know, my favorite guy, Will Smith. <laughs> you know, I can bring him up right now. That is, he's one. He's always going to be my favorite guy. Yeah, he made a mistake. He made mistakes. It's no telling whose face he saw when he did what he did. I don't know, but you know, and, and regardless of everything that may happen from day to day, we make mistakes. We all make mistakes. We can say, oh, well, that was the most horrible thing ever. Tomorrow, there'll be another person that's gonna make the most horrible mistake ever. Tomorrow, the next day after that, it's gonna be someone else. It's gonna be, but <laughs> from day to day, how are you gonna come back? Are you gonna apologize? Are you gonna say, 
how are you going to fix your mistakes? How are you going to make things better? That's it. I mean, we can all, you know, God said to the men what they was trying to throw stones at the lady. Who, who without saying, throw the first stone? You understand what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, we all sin and fall short of the glory of God. We, I can't judge you because as soon as I, I point to you, there's three fingers pointing back at me. So, right so, back. For my wrongdoings, for my indiscretions. So it's it's best for me to stay out of other people's business, not judge. And if I can't help, then I need to leave it alone. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. But no, I, I appreciate just like you said, just you being here. And I just want to leave on, on you know a few positive notes too. And I know we kind of talked about it. What would you, what was the one thing that you can just leave with parents? Because I thought I would have more parents actually putting things into the chat. I know I've got some quiet people, but what was the one thing that you would want to leave with parents too? And I do, I do want you to do something if you're feeling up to it at the end as well. Um, <laughs> um, one thing I would leave to parents, um, it's okay to be uh, stressed out, depressed, uh, mad, upset, confused, question, questioning the situation. Um, wishing that it didn't happen to your son or your daughter or your teenager or your adult. But what we can never do is give up. See, we have to continue to reach beyond our infinity to go ahead and place your star because God allowed your child to have autism or, or um, you know, cerebral palsy or Down syndrome or whatever the situation is. So if God allowed it. He, he already know the end chapter of it. See, we, we want to microwave the process. We can't microwave the process. We have to have faith while we walk through the process. Oh, and that's the hardest thing to do. When you're a parent, we don't we lose the faith because we only see the current diagnosis. We're not seeing the future aspect of it. Had Big Tommy and Tina seen the future, Marcus, maybe they would have never did that to the beginning, Marcus. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. Love it. And you keep saying you're not preaching. You're not no, preaching. no, not preaching. All right. Not I'm preaching. just saying. I'm up here trying to hold myself because I'm I get excited when I hear the word that I get excited. <laughs> but no, you you are yeah, I can tell that you definitely you have ministry in your mouth. You have the ministry in your mouth. So I, I I'm not gonna put nothing on you. <laughs> you definitely have ministry in your mouth. So <laughs> God is definitely placing words with you as well. Not, um, I'm sorry. I, I didn't want to, did you want to say anything for? Um, I did want to ask uh, if you have the time. How did you get involved in music? Oh, yeah. um, like what? What led you to that? Um, Grandma Mary, because she said either you're going to do something constructive or you're going to church. So um, I, I kind of picked church for 500 because um, like that was it. That was either you're going to go to the girls or boys club or you're going to church. So um, I went to church and Jason was the organist. He used to call me over there and watch him play the organ and watch him play the electrical keyboard. And Jason told my grandma, there's, there's a three month band camp upstate in the summertime. Not three weeks like they try to do now for kids. It was three whole months. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so she signed me up with the quickness. They put me on that small yellow bus, gave me a wooden flute. And, and, and Big Patty went with me. She was my translator. And slash my protector, slash my commit. Okay, whatever. But she, she was there. I, I love that you call your, you call your sister Big Patty. I just, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> 
What you gonna call her? Whatever she want me to. I know that's I would say something when she leave, and when she right here, <laughs> like yes, yes, ma'am, Miss Perry, yes, ma'am, Miss Perry. She was like, she, she lucky, she lucky, she left. I was about to, about to get well, up, but she, she coming. Well, actually, she married my bully. She married Jason. <laughs> she married Jason, the guy that was stuffing me in the locker at elementary and middle school. She starts stuffing him and beating him up. So now they got four daughters together, and she runs the show. Was it was it a shotgun wedding? She was like, "You you coming with me now?" You know, you know when I was standing there as one of his groomsmen, he used to stuff me in lockers. So you know, just me standing there as one of his groomsmen and stuff. It's kind of weird, but God knows what he's doing. Always, there's no mistakes in that plan. And uh, since my husband bought up music, you know what I'm gonna ask you to do? You can always say no, and I promise it won't be no pressure. I love you either way, either way. Yes, ma'am. But you know, I want you to freestyle. Just, just whatever. If you can, if you up to it. Okay, so I had a conversation with Carl and Coach. They told me about autism. I had to watch my mental approach. Knew that I was going to. Be so no knew that I was gonna show wisdom when I spoke. You can say that I kind of took more knowledge in the situation. I was really talking about my past situations and iniquities and, and that I was facing. Say that I was gonna match myself like Jason, but I was talking about the way that I was gonna show my revelation. It's a communication that I was didn't have. But God blessed me to have to have a better half as I go ahead and write. I was just looking for the words that I recite, so I chose a mic. It didn't really choose me, because I'm really just talking about myself surpass the empathy. Go ahead, I'm not, I don't believe in sympathy. You can understand that the devil would never get the best mm -hmm. of me, realistically. I'm talking about cutting ties with a demon like biology. It's the chemistry that I was going to provide. They said that I couldn't ride by myself, so I chose God on my side. So me, mm -hmm. let me stop. <laughs> that was awesome. That was amazing. Stop. You have the power of, of definitely ministering your mouth, man. So you better keep it up. I don't know. I, I know you got look, you were already up there, but God getting ready to pull you even higher. I don't, I don't know what it is. I'm keep saying even higher. Now you you said you here already. You're thinking you here, but you're going even higher. So just know I see that for you. Yes, great things are in store. And again, I'm so happy. I am just being elated that you chose, you know, just this time to spend with us and my Facebook friends. And thank you, Kathy. Oh, listen, listen. You said the first <coughs> lady is on here? Yes. yes. So I don't know where y'all at. I know I'm in Arkansas. I don't St. know where y'all at. Y'all where? St. Louis. St. Louis. See, y'all close. Close. <laughs> so. We got to schedule a date, maybe this year, next year. I want to come to y'all church, the First Lady Church. I definitely want to speak words of encouragement to the church. Let's all eat and fellowship and pray. Eat, fellowship, and pray. Let's go, First Lady. Amen. Eat, pray, love. First Lady, can we make that happen? Can we make that happen? Oh, I would love it. I would love it. Yes. Yes. That would sound amazing to me. Especially now COVID is kind of kind of lighting it up on us, not beating us up so bad. So <laughs> it's time to get out of fellowship. But again, I don't want to hold you any longer. I appreciate your time and, and value you as much. And uh, I didn't want you to leave. Make sure people know where to find you, how we get your clothes, your clothing line. How do we get, look, how do we get like you, Marcus? How do we get like you? 
Listen, I'm trying to be like you and Carl when I grow up. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> you can just find me on uh, Facebook, Marcus Leonardo, I mean, Marcus Strozier, uh, Marcus Leonardo Boyd, Instagram, Autism Activist Marcus Boyd, uh, Twitter, at Autism Activist Marcus Boyd, TikTok, Marcus Boyd. I mean, like, um, you can just find me. And if people need advice, people need encouragement or whatever, please inbox me on Facebook. I may be busy, but I'm never too busy for my autism community. Thank you so much. We need to hear that because it's times that times get hard and parents need some advice and encouragement. But again, I don't think anybody has any more questions over here. So I am, I am again, elated for your time. I'm going to go ahead and let you go. And thank you so much. Anytime I can do anything to support, let me know. I'll be there. Likewise, likewise. So thank y'all for this amazing platform. And I pray that this goes beyond measures and it grows a hundredfold. And, you know, everybody get some real lessons, not just lessons, but get some real blessings inside of yourself with, with the coach and Carl. Thank you so much. And thank you. <laughs>